the video representation of where the chains are. Oh, good, mm-hmm. the rug's in. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos brought to you by um, independent... No, no, not those people. Welcome to Game of Nodes. Uh, so, uh, obviously, slightly different lineup this week. Uh, I am Bendy, uh, aka Ben Davis from the chat, or Bendy from Atom Accelerator DAO, if you know that. And then um, Null tonight is, is Rama. Yeah, good morning, good evening. Uh, how are we all? Uh, yeah, uh, a better version of Null. <clears throat> um, how are you, Bendy? Cheers, mate. Uh, we've taken Cheers. over the show this week. Uh, we figured that, was it 57 episodes or something of that previous rubbish? Uh, we had to step in and actually provide some content and some information for once. So, uh, uh yeah, I mean, here I, we are. After, after two weeks of them failing to articulate what Babylon Chain was, uh, I just don't mm. think they're allowed their podcast anymore. I figured we're constantly in the chat and they're always asking us. They're like, oh, Bendy, oh, Rama, you know, can you come in? Can you, how does this thing work? Can you tell, like, we'll just come in, we'll do one show, uh, however long we survive and manage, uh, inform everyone, and then uh, probably just end it after this one. Uh, I don't think there's too much of a point kind of having follow up podcasts. So, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This this is the definitive edition of Game of Nodes, right? In which mm-hmm. there is no longer any of the original cast. It's got it's reached that point in its cycle. The bear markets had its effect; they've all given mm. up. Yeah, yeah. We, we did consider bringing on guests. Um, we thought it would be a bit rude to bring on guests and actually speak to them. Uh, <laughs> so uh, maybe you know, Funky, are you busy? Maybe we could get Funky in here. I think. Uh, that could be kind of cool. Uh, someone from, you know, not specifically from the cosmos who's, who's recent to the cosmos. If you want to come in, Funky, uh, we'll let you shoot your link, get on in here. Uh, it, it could be good. You know, we, we control the stream, so uh, we can do whatever we want, really. Yeah. This, this is... <laughs> it's really pleasing to me that, I mean, chat is so right. much more lively without us in it. It's bizarre. Yeah, that's a little odd. Um, all right, we're gonna get. Uh, should we get Funky in here? I can get Funky in here. Yeah, let's get let's get Funky in. All right, Funky's coming in. Funky's from uh, from Polkadot, so um, we'll get we'll get Funky in. I think it'll be good. Funky will probably have some good questions for us. So, <clears throat> all right, I, I just sent you a DM on Twitter, Funky. Get 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 yourself in here. Uh, it, it's gonna like when Funky joins. Like I know it's like really hyped, really excited right now. Funky's really going to mellow us out. If you've listened to, to Funky's mediation streams, it really chills you yeah. out. So um, when he joins, uh, you, you're in for a shock, I reckon. <laughs> Show needs more um, yanks. Uh, I don't know about that. Mm. You, do you guys like my cup, by the way? And we were just discussing briefly uh, before we went live. Uh, we've got <clears throat> Juno growth over here um, in like, you know, a $10 shirt. Uh, you know, a blurred background so you can't see, you know, the incredible detail. My my $2 coffee cup, um, homemade coffee, uh, growth, Juno. And then Adam Accelerator Dow over here, please, uh, Bendy. Talk yeah, us so, so here you have 
you know, my, my living room, uh, a few sort of intellectual books in the background, nice sort of branded Cosmos shirt. Hmm. Um, here I've got, you know, nice cut glass, uh, glass of brandy, 10 years old, you know, it's just a lot, you know, a lot more comfortable in the world of Atom than Juno. I mean, also like, you know, lots of hair, you know, glasses probably just, ha- they're just yeah. glass. They're not actually needed for reading. I, yeah, this is just this is just vanity. Whereas Rama does need glasses but can't afford them. You know, yes, he, you can he, see it in my he, eyes. Like I'm squinting all the time, trying just trying to read the chat. <laughs> he has the seven a.m. He, he has he has the to- he has the the money to do it, but it, it would tank the price if he bought glasses. So he can't actually buy them. Who has the voice <laughs> for radio? Quick- uh, is that is that me or you, Bendy? Because apparently it's two I, Aussies at the moment. So. <laughs> I, don't, I have a face oh, for TV and a voice for radio, but the opposite. Well, that's that's lovely. Um, so I gather that they had left something unresolved last week, and yeah, so there was a there was a um, unsatisfied que- uh, viewer question, which oh. was wanting that's to not know surprising whether at all. <laughs> it's probably me, to be honest. Um, they wanted to know whether or not a text prop is enforceable to remove Lobo when uh, Dow Dow does that in code. Uh, as this falls into the uh, the Juno world, let's let, let's hear your take on it first. Uh, so I don't think I, I don't see there's any problem with uh, a text prop to in to signal or to um, uh, enforce in a sense. Uh, a DAO to take action, right? So um, under, you know, I mean, the two sub-DAOs on Juno, Delegations DAO or Growth DAO, if someone was to put up a a text prop or a signaling prop on uh, either of those two DAOs saying, hey, you know, we want the funds back or uh, remove these members or don't proceed with this funding, uh, that would be the governance signaling to the DAO to take that action. And then the DAO itself can action that on behalf of governance and if the DAO doesn't, then you would put up a, an actual uh, prop to enforce that uh, via a code change. Does that, that make sense? That that makes complete sense to me. Um, you know, I think that uh, we our guest has joined us, but obviously in traditional game of nodes fashion, we should probably now ignore Funky for the next half an hour or so, and then <clears throat> say that we're going to talk to him, and then not yeah. yet sound uh welcome funky um yeah so my my take on this is that like i I don't think you know not everyone knows how to do a code prop people should be able to put up a text-based prop DAOs should listen to them uh if this was in the atom world and it was someone wanted to get rid of me from the accelerator they would literally have to put up a signaling prop and technically the accelerator could DAO could just ignore them but then that would then be over, right? Like, wh- why would anyone ever support it ever again? And, you know, sort of, Juno obviously has more tools and that kind of DAO tooling is significantly better because you've got more recourse. But the thing for me is like, one of the reasons why when we were forming um, the Accelerator DAO and we were kind of, you know, we got some, some shit for picking uh, for members in advance rather than doing elections. But one of the reasons we, we selected the members that we did is that a lot of them have, kind of reputation so effectively the the kind of social social slashing of that reputation so if you are um cosmos station if you are chorus one 
can you really afford to be on the DAO that doesn't follow governance? Like, so actually you're basically saying, and then you have a kind of inbuilt majority into the DAO of four reputable validators that can at any time kind of go, no, no, we, we will take control of the funds and we will, you know, boot, boot people off and Ben won't get paid anymore. And, you know, so that was the reason for doing it that way, but you kind of have to do that when you don't have the kind of recourse that, uh, that Juno does. So I'm kind of comfortable with text props because I think that, but what you have to be mindful of is the, even if you can't enforce it in code, the kind of construction of your DAO needs to have enough kind of social reputation that not following governance is damaging. Otherwise you can just run off with the funds. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, the, the example that we're talking about here is kind of core one, <clears throat> core one sub DAO, right? So, uh, you know, they're, they're primarily the founders and, and people who have been, you know, elected or, or voted into those positions. Uh, if they weren't to adhere to governance, then the entire sub could be dissolved, uh, which is, you know, it, say, say the, you know, Don's prop, and I'll, I'll answer your question in about 10 minutes as per, you know, usual for these podcasts, Schultze. Um, when, uh, if Core One wasn't to say it passed and Core One, he was like, uh, actually, you know, we really like Lobo, we're not going to remove him from the sub uh, I think there would be two follow-up props. There would be probably the follow-up prop to actually enforce it by code to remove Lobo, and then a second follow-up prop to actually dissolve and, and take back all of Core One's funds. Uh, and both of those should pass, right? Because if the sub is not going to uh, enforce the, the will of governance, then the entire sub should be removed uh, and the, all of the members should be removed or all of their funds taken away. Because if you can't enforce a simple thing like membership um, removal or or change, then uh, what's what, how are you going to enforce anything else that governance wants, right? And in this instance, it might be membership remo- uh, removal. But what if it's something like way more important uh, around like a, a funding or spend prop or or something like that? So yeah, or or a proposal to take a load of money away from an individual uh, or entity and and stick it in a locked smart contract. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, on Schultz's question, uh, do I think that Lobo's removal was a publicity stunt or pure ignorance? Uh, there, there, we've got a whole a segment ready for Don, uh, why he's so critically important to the cosmos. So it might be a nice segue uh, into that. Uh, Don is Don. I, I think uh, he has his own way of going about things. Uh, in recent times, I think uh, it's, it's reasonably evident that uh, there's some form of um, target uh, towards Juno uh, for various reasons from Don's behalf. Um, I think he has good intentions in that uh, there have been actions from various individuals who, which aren't in you know the greatest stead of, of Juno uh, and his approach is always wrong uh, and it's always in like the most baity or engaging way it can be. Uh, but I think he has kind of, he has good intentions uh, he's, he, yeah, his approach is he, always wrong. If, if Jacob Gaddikin didn't know how to code, he would be done. Um, mm. is sort of my thing, which is like, you know, at some level, you know, good intentions, heart of gold or whatever, but also just causes merry hell on their way to making the right point in all the wrong ways. Also, and I think the, uh, the two yeah. examples uh, from Don, you know, the two times he's gone to on-chain governance was um, no, don't fund closed source. I think everyone's in agreement that we shouldn't fund closed source uh, from, you know, Juno community pool or, or growth funds, etc. Uh, the text, the prop that he put up <laughs> was just like, 
under no circumstances ever do we consider funding closed source and we should stop it immediately. It was like a one-liner. It's like, yeah, probably need a little bit more detail than that. Uh, same thing with kind of the, the Lobo removal. Uh, you know, the wording in it without providing like any form of evidence doesn't, it's it's not a good recipe for a successful proposal. And there's probably I mean, good the- reason if you were to go and do some research and provide some actual evidence of a removal maybe a month or two ago, right? Like as soon as the sub-DAO became an official sub-DAO and, you know, can be removed via governance, uh, you saw all of the core members started being more uh, visibly present in Juno and it makes it hard to remove any of them uh, when they're around. Yeah, I, th- I think that that is all kind of fair. I think, you know, just to go back on the... Uh, never fund any closed source stuff. Like that's fundamentally like, and the, again, the original, uh, inferior game of nodes hosts were actually quite clear that they would fund closed source almost at will. Uh, but this was because loads of it doesn't fucking matter because it's not a security risk if your block explorer is closed source. Like you can check it and it, if it works, it works. But like there were, you know, do you want uh, USK to be open source? Absolutely you do, because otherwise you will lose all your money at some point because someone somewhere will eventually get greedy and they will steal your money and you will never know that that's going to happen. And that's yeah. not particular. And that's why you know, the that's follow-up prop to be like, the, the follow-up prop to be like, hey, we don't fund closed source smart contracts that are on mainnet, right? A little bit more detail because yeah. like, we yeah. don't care if you want to keep your, you know, your, your, uh, your super secret source front end closed source, go for it, right? Yeah. Uh, but smart contracts, they all need to be open source. I think uh, Funky, do you have headphones? Because I think there's a bit of feedback. I know we're doing a great job at ignoring you, but um, we can't ignore the, the feedback. My bad. I don't have headphones, but I will just mute. Sorry. You're right. I mean, that that's better anyway, right? Then, then like, then are ignoring a few. It, it <laughs> All right. It's only been about seven minutes since he joined, right? Um, probably give him another five or so and we'll see if he's yeah. around. Then, then we can uh, consider bringing him in and not speaking to him and you know, we can go, oh, my God, we've ignored Funky. Um, mm-hmm. It's it turns out, like, and I don't know how Frey does this as a Brit because, like, every British polite bone in my body is desperately going, make sure that Funky's speaking, make sure that Funky's speaking. Mm. Um, but you know, it doesn't work. What I'm really enjoying is that there are genuine listeners in the chat who have no idea what's going on, which is wonderful that there are actual genuine, genuine listeners to the podcast because I thought it was just James us. is from uh, Lavender Five, right? Oh, okay, he's not a genuine listener. No, that's fine, no, just just one of the normal uh, gamer nerds pills. That's great, that's absolutely yep. fine then. Um, Lavender Five, of course, who I delegate some of my uh, Atom Accelerator DAO pay to because they voted against ah. us. Um, so Wait, you, know, you that, get paid? That's... Shit. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it turns oh, out when oh, you do work, did... you probably get paid, right? So It's, it's quite nice. You know, like I, I do some work. People notice that we do the work. We fund some stuff. They they start shipping it. We get paid. It's, it's great. Um, hmm. Juno Growth Dow should have a look at it. We've we've moved on from Don, and I did want just yeah. to revert to to Don because we're we're spending not enough time on the topics to really drag out every detail. 
Um, so on the plus side for Don, when after after the filter was happening, uh, he minted one for me because he had whitelist, um, which I in turn then paid forwards because Funky missed the mint completely, and I um, sent him sent him an after the filter NFT. Uh, so in some ways, like so, act, like, and I think this is the distinction with Don. There's there's Don versus Martin. And like Marcin, who I've spoken to and had exchanged DMs with, is a nice guy who is very, you know, intelligent, articulate, and respectful. And then there's Don, who is an absolute bloody nutcase uh, and has this kind of persona. And it obviously works at some level. But like, the, I, I saw. I uh, just chose not to engage because I can't. But there was a his recent Milady tweet where there's a picture of the and the girl's got a little Nazi thing going on swastika, and I'm just like I I I had seen Milady were doing some stuff around this and trying and like I I don't know why anyone would think it's funny. It's just anti-Semitic. It is just wrong. Like and like and he must know that at some level being. Polish, right? Like you're not going to be from Poland and not get all of that, but you still do it anyway. And that's where I kind of just tip into this bit where I go, this is like your gov props, which is like, you are smart enough to do this better. Uh, he definitely knows, right? Uh, I, I talk to Don daily, right? So uh, consider us kind of good friends. Uh, I know when like Don, uh, as in, you know, Marcin is doing something and when it's Don on, on Twitter, you know, targeted going on a rant or, uh, you know, doing his Milady or Romilio thing. Um, I've, I've, I've coined a new term, uh, you know, he's doing it for the Don 10. Um, so now, you know, every time I go to his videos, I put a comment on there, you know, my daily dose of Don 10, which is great. Um, uh, when he puts out stuff that's pretty good, I use Don 10. And then when he, he kind of goes to the extremes, I'd, I just choose not to engage with it. Um, yeah. He, you know, if you talk to him in the DMs, like he's actually a really nice person, quite intelligent, knows what he's doing, uh, brings a lot of value to kind of stargaze. Um, he's like out in the ETH world, you know, researching and looking into like what's happening in the NFT world to bring it back to stargaze. So um, that's really good. But then, yeah, he's he's kind of attacks and, and rants and uh, the stuff with Milady, like he he just does it because it's part of kind of their crew and they can't be cancelled, etc. A few times I've, I've like messaged him, you know, he put out like, um, you know, anti-Semitic or um, kind of more like hate speech type focused mm. content. And I'm like, hey, like I, I get it, but, you know, unless you actually want to be cancelled in Cosmos, probably like tone it back a little bit. When, when he was tweeting out, um, you know, a bunch of like, you know, your bloodline will, will cease to exist, mine's fast to superior, um, you know, a bunch of homophobic stuff. And I was like, hey, like, I, I get why you're doing it, but, you know, if you want to be a validator and, and get support and delegations, you probably want to tone it back a bit because um, it's a well, bit too far. And, uh, yeah, and he I was know, like, I, hey, like, I, I get it. Um, so, see, I think that that's like what I see sometimes between Jacob and particularly like Jack. Um, uh, so Jack Zamplin from Strange Love and Jacob Garrickin from Notional, um, where Jacob is always super blunt will send 400 tweets and dms about the same bloody thing to make sure that everyone sees it because it's very important right now and that like periodically i'd see jack just saying to him 
the way you're communicating is making this worse and people aren't listening anymore. Like, and it, and I think that, you know, that's going to be one of the challenges that we have in any of the, the cosmos communities is that like internet communication isn't very good. Uh, and loud, loud voices will carry further, but they're not necessarily the most productive voices to be having in any particular conversation. And this is sort of that whole thing about DPS. Um, you know, and like, I love a bit of that. It's always good fun, but there is also just an element of like, if you actually want to get stuff done and you want to be taken seriously, there are better approaches. And I think that that sort of, you know, you still have to be kind of public about it. And I think that's where like, you know, if we want to get into the smack talk between Accelerator DAO and uh, Growth Fund, like we have done a better job than you guys did on talking about what we were doing. Partly because I watched Growth Fund say nothing for a long time and then everyone went, yeah. oh yeah, there's this Growth Fund over here. Uh, you know, yeah. again, I think like in, in the same way, I think like you guys are doing better now, right? Like you've, you've, you've taken some steps to try and improve. Yeah, I think there's a there's a few things, right? Um, the growth fund was uh, we kind of came from the the TDF uh, where there was uh, which they had you know quite specific and, and strategic targets, right? They they had an amount TDF. of money, uh, Terra Developer Fund, which was uh, when Luna collapsed, uh, Juno put together a, a, a fund of money to try and bring over and support Terra projects on Juno, essentially, which was uh, I think there was a few million in Juno there for them to kind of fund the transition of those teams or projects from um, from uh, Luna over to Juno. And a bunch of that stuff should have kind of came across pretty reasonably seamlessly, right? Like they're using the SDK, using Cosmwasm, probably needed to update a bunch of stuff and then deploy it on Juno. That was the intention. Um, the So a, a bunch of those members kind of moved from TDF onto the growth fund. Um, and we added a bunch of people to kind of provide more uh, insight and support in, in that process. Um, TDF had a very specific focus and goal. Uh, I think Atom Accelerator DAO has the same thing, you know, very specific focus, essentially implementing Atom 2.0 in, in increments, right, in, in, in small pieces of work, in small stages, um, and also um, onboarding additional uh, kind of projects. Uh with a large amount of reserves that, that helps, right? Uh, and very deep liquidity within the ecosystem. Uh, I think growth, uh, we started off with, uh, we started off on the back foot because we migrated from Terra Developer Fund. Um, so there was already quite a lot of negative sentiment uh, from that particular uh, multi-seed into the growth fund. Uh, and we, we, trans <clears throat> pardon me, we transitioned the funds from TDF into the growth fund with a number of outstanding payments uh, that had to had to be paid uh, and not a lot of liquidity. So uh, we were very mindful of how and when and why we communicated things and, and what projects we wanted to fund because of the learnings from the Terra Developer Fund. Uh, and I think what we did was we ended up kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because we were so afraid to kind of communicate or fund things that we ended up essentially doing nothing for kind of four or five months. Uh, and, and when I say we did nothing, uh, we didn't communicate uh, and the reason was it's hard to communicate things when you haven't funded anything. You know, we were having meetings frequently. We were discussing with a number of projects uh, and you never want your first tweet to be like, hey, we've reviewed five or six projects and we rejected all of them. 
So, which yeah. which is essentially kind of what we were doing, right? Uh, for various reasons, we didn't go ahead with a number of funding of, of projects. Um, you know, for you know terms and conditions, you know, uh, you know, couldn't get set amounts of tokens uh, on some of them. Uh, some of the valuations weren't uh, quite. Um, uh, some of the valuations we couldn't kind of agree to. So it was super hard to be like, hey, you know, we're here, we're doing work, here's the five projects that we rejected. It's not the greatest cons. Um, and I think uh, what we found was we would, we, you know, in retrospect, we we looked at ourselves and we're like, we're not the Atom Accelerator now. You know, we're a bunch of community members working primarily part-time uh, to do the best we can with not a lot of liquidity. Let's take ourselves a lot less seriously and be what Juno is, which is very community focused, you know, very transparent uh, and uh, do things uh, how we should have the first time, which is engage, you know, anyone who wants to be active through the advisory uh, and the Discord group uh, and then have, you know, a small amount of multi-sig signers who actually execute the stuff but get feedback and input from the wider community. So that's where we're heading. Uh, we've now got kind of four signers on the multi-sig. Uh, hopefully we'll have five in the short term, but then we want to just be able to bring people in and be like, hey, you know, we're, we're evaluating this project. Uh, here's the term sheet. When we're having a meeting, who can attend? Come in, ask some questions. Yeah. Do you think this is a good idea? How much should we fund it? Um, and, and we don't really have like a vision other than we know that we want to incubate and fund projects. Um, and how we do that with low liquidity is the challenging part because people need money to build and we don't really have the option of giving them a lot of money in the short term. Uh, with current you know, price action and, and liquidity. So um, I think uh, Popmos is working on a, an idea at the moment to kind of issue bonds and we can sell those kind of bonds OTC. So there'll be like a, a you know, you'll be able to buy, buy like a, a Juno 1 or a Juno 2 token, which is essentially uh, a smart contract where those tokens are locked and they auto compound. And, you know, one uh, Juno 1, you'll be able to buy on the open market Um probably for a discount. I'm not sure how that would work. And then if you hold that one Juno, one token, let's say, uh, it's locked for a year. And after one year, you can grab that Juno, but it's auto compounded for you for that duration. So you'll get, you know, whatever the auto compound value of that Juno will be in a year's time. So that'll give us a bunch of USDC that we can then use to fund uh, projects. And uh, hopefully we can get a, a bunch of people who are looking to who are long-term bullish on Juno, who will buy those kind of bonds uh, and that'll give growth fund liquidity to go and do things. And uh, it won't be just for growth, right? Like hopefully Core One can do it, maybe ComsDAO can do it, et cetera. I mean, I think that's that's interesting. Obviously, the 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 easy cheap shot is, oh, I'm glad that Potmos is developing it because then it will never happen. Because uh, when, when is that, when is that, I mean, I assume it's the pause. The pause just stop mm -hmm. him being able to like actually do the coding he needs to do to, to ship. So he can like tweet and he can promise airdrops, but he can't actually like ship his dApps. Um, I, I think and, it's you know, the, I, the way feel, he's able to tweet is, is uh, he has a couple of translators, I think. So um, bark to, to text and then uh, the text goes into Telegram or onto the tweet to, to make it yeah. a thing. And then I and I guess that's the thing that needs to know. So he's using that to then put into Chat GPT to do his coding. That would make sense. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm, you know, but and that that you know, we'll, we'll see just how good the AI is because if the, if these bonds ship, we know the AI is coming for us. Um, yes, I mean that. 
I, feel, I, I do feel sort of, again, this is the bloody English thing where it's really hard to... Uh, I think he's probably waited what, 18-ish minutes. Um, Funky, how are you, mate? Should, yeah, let's bring him in. I, I had to, I'd see, I still couldn't let you have it. Um, I, I needed to steal your thunder there. Um, how are you, mate? <laughs> no, it's, can you guys hear me okay? Like, is Perfect. it... Okay, perfect. Um, so I want to just, I'm great. Thank you so much for even having me up here. Honestly, since I started coming to the Cosmos ecosystem and watching this show, probably back in like episode 44, somewhere around there, like I just thought, oh man, someday I hope I can be on Game of Notes. Like, I, this is so like, I'm like fulfilling some kind ambition. of dream by being here right now. Just uh, without so the hosts just, or with the improved but, hosts. But either which way, like it just, it's amazing. And just, I know it's going to be a great opportunity to have a conversation and learn from you guys. Um, I want to say, because you probably saw me laugh inappropriately about Don, when you said the thing about his tweets, what what I thought you meant, Ben, because I've seen a few of them. And like, there was one where he said something about thanks to my lady. And he was like in like a first class, like cabin in, in an airplane. business class. Yep. See. That one. And then the one I saw, like that was like, he bought a horse farm or whatever. <laughs> So like I started laughing at that, and then you started talking about all this anti-Semitic stuff, and I was like, wait, wait, no, I'm not laughing at this. Uh, I had no idea. Um, and then my first, so this has been such an amazing time, like these last like four months, just exploring the cosmos, getting to know everybody. And my first introduction to Don was watching a Cosmos Joe, like he had him on on some live stream, and they were rating validators. And I just, I must have watched the first, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, are they serious? Is this a joke? Like, I didn't I had to ask Joe. I'm like, what, was that real? And so it's just been the characters that are in the ecosystem. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. The governance stuff that you guys struggle with, there's, again, so many similarities between what's happening in Cosmos and what's happening in Polkadot with regard to contentious governance proposals. You know, obviously our voting works a little bit differently, um, but still like it just thematically so many of the similarities that I see, like I'm on a weekly live stream for uh, it's called attempts at governance. And that's all we talk about is just the issues that are happening in Polkadot governance. And when I watch Game of Nodes, a, a large chunk of the show is always about contentious props, things that are happening. Like one of the first big ones that I remember stumbling into was like the coin fee. Oh, I think I said that right. About that Confio. Confio. That's it. Thank you. Um, how they were pulling funding and all this other stuff. And I remember Tenderman Timmy was like showing some stuff about like just proposals. And that was where I started to dig in. And my first time I've read anything on the Cosmos forum. So anyhow, I'm just excited to be here, obviously, because I can't shut up. But <laughs> uh, it's really cool to be with you guys, especially you two. And thank you, Bendy, this morning for showing up for the, the meditation space. That was really oh. cool to see your PFP. And thank you again for the after the uh, after the filter. There was even, and I want to give a shout out to Pokachu's intern right now because I, something about like his tweets always make me laugh. And there was one about after the filter where it was like the interview from the creators, and the the guy does kind of look like Don, so it was like before the filter, and there's a picture of Don, and there was after the filter it was the actual creator. And anyhow, but yeah, I'm just super thrilled to be here. Oh, well, no, th thanks for joining. The, the um, meditation earlier was, was great. I, it was, it was just after my lunch. So I was already feeling slightly sleepy. Uh, but I was, I was trying to, I needed to do some writing that afternoon. Um, I was putting some, um, scripts together for, for the day job because I've got some filming to do next week. 
so yeah, I mean that's because like Rama, you're in the same boat as me, right? You're you do growth fund, and you have your your real job, and you have a family, and and somehow you're meant to just be able to do all of that at once. And, right? and most recently, yeah, like um, turned into a big content creator. So expect like heaps more clickbaity tweets and ah, um, type pitches um, soon. Uh, yeah, no, it's super difficult. So um, I've got uh, I've got a newborn at home, uh, three three and a little bit weeks old. Uh, I've got a three-year-old, uh, my wife, and uh, yeah, normally, uh, I'm not at the moment, but normally I work kind of a quite uh, high-pressure corporate job um, uh, in addition to my crypto stuff. So uh, very busy uh, and I play sport. So um, it's a- always busy, uh, kind of training a couple of days a week, play, play what's, sport what's on your the sport? weekends. Uh, football, proper football, not Australian football. Um, oh, okay. Uh, there's 17 different sp- forms of football in Australia, uh, and we call the one that we actually use your feet to kick the ball all the time soccer. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, with your soccer which is, which is the one that I play. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's very difficult uh, normally to kind of find time to do all of the things, and uh, I, I do my yeah. best. Luckily, I, I can work from home quite a lot, um, so I can manage to kind of squeeze in some uh, some crypto time in between my day job, which is normally around the mornings, which kind of works well because it's pretty quiet for my normal job in the mornings. So I can kind of jump in, catch the Americans and some of the, the English people before uh, I kick off into my normal job. And um, hey, Joe. And uh, and then, yeah, do my do my day job, spend some time with the family and then jump back on and, and do some more crypto when all the Americans and, and British are starting to wake up. Right. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, similar sort of, I made the stupid mistake of, so I'd like changed jobs two months after get, so the accelerated hour has a nine month mandate. Um, two months into that, I decided to change jobs from a job that I'd been doing for like six years and was very, very good at doing it and could just like, and, and could kind of make time within that to do various things. In, you know, and I've kind of had time for the accelerator now. And then I went and got a new job where I know nothing in a new industry and kind of went, oh shit, I still need to like do all this stuff with the accelerator. And so what I do now is I stay awake until like midnight doing my, like I'm only meant to do like three hours a day and I definitely do more. But, you know, if, if, if Yusef and Better Future are watching, can I just have more, more money, please? Um, but it, it, you know, because again, get paid on my gig. That's the, that's the better mm. bit. Um, regardless but, of whether you do any work, it's incredible. Well, I mean, like, I, yeah, well, it turns out that doing more work than I'm meant to do, I still get paid the fucking same. Um, this is the longest we've, that Game of Notes has ever made it until someone's, someone dropped an F bomb. There we go. We made it to 35 minutes. We're now demonetized, but like, you know. Christ, we, this is the longest we've ever gone. Um, what what an achievement for the show! And we had yeah. Austra- and it wasn't the Australian that that swore, so that's great. That's uh, probably another first, actually, for Game of Nodes. Um, it, normally, I mean, it's Frey, null Frey swears in. a lot. Frey swears. A lot. Normally, it's null. Like you know, we we turn the stream on, it starts. Frey does the intro, and then immediately nulls. Oh fucking hell! And it's like he's had two sips out of his coffee, and he's like, now I need more coffee. Um, <laughs> And then he just runs off, <laughs> refills it, even though he's had that much. So that's normally how the show starts. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I did a null tribute earlier where I, I, I left shot, but that was because what I managed to do is throw my earbud. I've got, I've got new earbuds. They're not, I, I don't know. I may not have the right 
thing on the end of them yet. And I literally just lashed one of them across the room. So I had to go and fetch it because I was not sure that I would be able to carry on otherwise. Um, so there was a, there was a question from the chat, which was now 20 minutes ago. Well, I mean, it was, it was only 10 minutes ago, but it was was pretty good. Like we're already beating, beating the other guys. Um, still just just for full transparency. Um, I think we're going to get Joe in here because I think that'd be good content. Uh, frequent, frequent listener. Um, uh, and it's our show now, so we can just do whatever the fuck we want. So uh, we'll get Joe in here. It'll probably bring down the IQ substantially. Um, so but, yeah, I mean, you know, bring a bit of balance to the chat. I think it'd be good. I guess so. Funky, from my point of view, is playing like Schultz's Schultz's role now, mm-hmm. and that so we so, need the dads. Joe's the dad. Joe's, Joe, Joe's dad. We're literally <laughs> like replicated gamer nodes. We've got the British, the Aussie, Schultzy, nice and quiet, very handsome down the bottom, uh, and vibes. then we'll bring in dad. In yeah, good vibes, and then we'll bring in dad in the bottom right, and we've we've done it. So. Uh, Joe, we check your Twitter DMs, uh, get in here. We'll, we'll bring you up on stage. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, shit. We're good. We're good. Did, oh, did someone say Dow Dow? Shit. So, someone, most of, someone must have Wait, said Dow Dow. I thought this was Game of Notes. <laughs> what, what the fuck? What, what happened? Like, uh, good morning. Welcome. It, How are you? We, we, there, was, there, was a, there was a node upgrade. Yes. Yeah, we, we actually we did does a, seem like an upgraded version. Oh, oh my gosh. We wow. did we forked the show and uh This is great. I, I think this is the future. <laughs> that was the perfect time. This is the perfect time <laughs> to bring you in too. I couldn't can't believe it. Yeah. You know, I was just about oh. to bring Joe in and then uh we, we got an upgrade. So All right, well sick. I mean is Joe joining as well? Let's bring him in. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Um this is bad MEV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it probably is. I, w- I was going to try and answer the, the, the question from the chat about whether there was a difference in the mandate for um, Juno Growth Fund versus Accelerated Now, just because that's an actual sensible question and, like, you know, maybe we should answer them. Uh, or just talk bollocks because that's the normal No, we just ignore, or ignore yeah. guests, ignore questions, just talk bollocks. Yeah, the, excellent. Um I don't think there's a huge difference. Like accelerated DAO's mandate is to drive value to Atom. So it's super broad. Um, and uh, I will do my regular bit where I say, we don't just exist to make 2.0 happen uh, piecemeal. Uh, I think it's actually going to be better than that because I think that 2.0 uh, hilariously was not ambitious enough. I think there were probably bits of it that weren't brilliant, but I think that actually like, Literally, as 2.0 was happening, things like Mesh were being announced, which weren't part of that kind of 2.0 vision. I think Mesh is really exciting. I think the, the hub should have had Cosmosm at Prop 69. I think it should have it at some point again in the future. You know, I think that probably this is actually an interesting thing about how you do governance. I think it's much more sensible to say, we want permissioned Cosmosm because we want this and we can't implement it without it. And then at least people actually can understand the benefit of it and any potential risks. Although again, like I was super impressed to see Jihan just saying like, there's, there's no additional risk to Cosmosm compared to any other upgrade we do. They all have risk. Um, so that was interesting, but to return, so Atom Accelerator, drive value to Atom, kind of any way that we see fit. Um, and now I end up in the position that Rama was talking about earlier where I can't talk about the things that I can't talk about yet. 
but there are some very exciting ones coming and it isn't just us saying no to stuff. So that is why we are better than the Juno growth fund because we can actually afford, you know, because we have, but then this is the thing. So the biggest difference potentially is, as the question said, that we've actually got the liquidity to do it. And I, I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying like, really, you know, there's loads of FUD on Twitter for Juno, et cetera, and loads of its bollocks, but just simply if Juno could have liquidity, I think that would resolve a lot of people's anxiety and people would feel better about the chain. How you create liquidity without tanking the price and whatever is a challenge. I get that. But I think that liquidity is the one sort of fundamental that bothers me about Juno. Everything else I think is absolute fire. You know, I think there are always going to be shitty projects on there because it's permissionless, right? So I don't care about that. You know, if you want permissionless, you just accept that there are going to be the odd dodgy thing. But like, you know, obviously Jake's here, so it's now going to sound like I'm toting up. But like, if you look at something like a Dowdow, where it's, you know, absolute blue chip project, why wouldn't you be bullish on a chain that had that? Um, so what was, you, look at some, you look at something like a Reese, that is, that is a, a blue chip developer, or, 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 a, or a Zeke. We literally implemented interchain NFTs, uh, and we've actually added a, a real working version of interchain accounts. Believe it or not, we might actually have interchain accounts that work soon, and that's coming out of the Juno developer community. Even with as little of liquidity as we have, we we're punching above our weight. So, uh, yeah, and I like I think that that is genuinely impressive, and I think like this is the, you know, it's a funny thing being on the the atom. And I'm now outnumbered, of course. Uh, obviously, so we've got one polka dot uh, and two Junos. Uh, but on the Atom well, side of things, I'm, I'm, I'm Juno in in role. I'm I'm Cosmos uh, as an investor. All right, calm down. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interchain. Uh, I have an interchain perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, we. I think, and I think in reality, we all do. I think there's this this funny bit where, like, for the for three hours a day, my my thing ends up being like, how do I accrue value to atom now actually the answer a lot of the times is cooperation and i think this is one of the one of the biggest things that is why and i'd like to throw this to funky like i think that's why cosmos is more correct than Polkadot is in its sort of approach to interoperability because i believe that despite the hub being this kind of originating stack the fact that it doesn't seek to kind of do parachain auctions and that kind of stuff. If we can get our cooperation right, I think that will create a better model of interoperability and chains that have their own kind of app chain thesis and stuff that actually works and their, their own place in the ecosystem and that kind of cooperation between them. I think that is still going to be the most economically successful model, even if it doesn't have direct value accrual. Obviously, Polkadot kind of chose a very different approach with a much more direct value accrual for the dot token. I mean, I, I, so I think we already have a lot of um, cooperation as it is in Polkadot, if I'm being completely candid. Like we have a lot of the parachain teams already work together. And one of the things that's nice about Polkadot, and again, I, I'll be the first to admit, I am not the person, like the tech person to be giving this kind of spiel, right? I'm like the least technical person on our entire team at Lucky Friday. I'm just some noob investor from 2020 who got really interested because I, I was just super bullish on interoperability. 
And that's why I invested in Cosmos and everything else too. But now I'm like deeply investigating it both from a work perspective because we're starting to get validators on chains, but also because I mean, I've met a lot of, like I keep describing Cosmos as the nerdy cousins next door. Like just like we're all into interoperability and a multi-chain future that like, you know, our team's working composable for instance and building the bridge over to Cosmos and working on the, the middle layer test net and stuff like that. Um, but I think we already have sort of a very, or one of my, my boss, Shorty, likes to call it coopetition, right? Like where it's both cooperative, but it's also competitive in some sense. Um, so we have teams who contribute to the entire ecosystem because you can build pallets, right? With that modular kind of uh, flexible framework that you have for Polkadot, like one of our teams in Varch, Gabe, who is one of the most brilliant devs I've ever met in my life. Like he's working on a multi-sig palette that basically can be deployed to any chain. It doesn't really matter like what chain you're running because it's just the palette. Once it's implemented on your parachain, you're good to go. So we're already seeing a lot of this kind of cooperation being facilitated. It, it did seem early on as if many of the parachains were somewhat siloed. And I'll be the first to also admit that there are some like deadweight chains. There are chains that just seem to launch and then they're not even involved in our community. So I think right now there's probably like 41 total chains. Um, but if I were talking about like how many are actually viable and working together a lot, it's probably more like half, 20 maybe. But we do have a lot of cooperation um, in trying to kind of help other teams because some of them fit such niche roles like Interlay, for instance, with its trustless Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoiner at heart. Like that's still probably the majority of my portfolio. And so, you know, that team likes to, because we're seeing just more and more cooperation happen among the parachain teams. And I think the same thing's starting to emerge too. Like there's a, a need, a recognized need among the cosmos as well, that we're all better working together, right? Like if we have shared aims, uh, it's going to produce a better outcome for everybody involved, you know, regardless of what chain you're from or, you know, what have you. So that's kind of just my lack of technical take, but we're, we definitely are very cooperative. And Jake, because I know you've already been on Sama Nights, I'm just going to throw this out there too. Tomorrow, like one big social uh, group that I'm involved with is called Chaos Dow. We are Dow, of course. And so we're having, we're on tomorrow and going to be talking about a lot of the governance issues. So if you guys are curious about anything that's happening in Polkadot, it's going to be like 2 p.m. EST. I'll drop the link. I'll send it for you guys if you want to join into the conversation, listen, what have you. But it's three, myself and two others who are Taoists, um, you know, that Amazing. we're kind of like the highest echelon inside the group. But we're slowly decentralizing all the power. Like we have regulars, we have friends, there's different structures, but we're trying to get rid of all of it because we want everybody in the DAO to have the same exact Really, the Taoist is just like a title at this point more than anything else. And it was mostly the, the, the kind of core members who were constantly contributing to the point that you guys were talking about earlier. Some people have more time to contribute. Others don't. Like now that I work for Lucky Friday, I'm full-time Web3. I'm just in discords, way too many of them, probably, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. So, yeah. Anyhow, I'm going off on a tangent. But, yeah, I think we're I think, really uh, just, just to kind of jump in on, uh, oh God, Dow skeptic, he's in. Um, before before he speaks, I've got to ignore him for a few minutes because uh, I know he's a big fan of of collaboration and cooperation. So just on your point around uh, Polkadot, uh, I've kind of had like the same vibe for Cosmos for, I don't know, maybe a few months now. Uh, and I'm going to name like a few chains here just as some examples, but um, around the whole collaboration thing, right? Uh, I think a successful Juno uh, is, it's important for the wider ecosystem. I think you need 
a space that is is strong and permissionless to incubate and build devs, right? It, it, without that, the Cosmos ecosystem, you're not going to have this uh, the opportunity for a, a, a bunch of devs who are, you know, they're, they're either in school or just out of school who've got some skills and they want to come in and they want to throw up a, a random contract on the chain and then start building some form of app, right? Juno should be that place. I don't think Neutron is. I think Neutron has got a very specific purpose in the Atom Economic Zone or, you know, where, however you want to call it. Um, and it's it's there to be like the liquidity hub. Salami. And- Salami, yeah, whatever we're calling it this week. Um, I, I don't think Neutron's that place. Um, I think you know there's two two options. It can be like the I'm going to say it the Australian way, the the Huawei chain, uh, or or Juno, right? As much I think Hua needs to like stick to being a meme, which they're doing a pretty good job of. But like I, I think Juno is like the permissionless deploy whatever you want. Uh, know that there's going to be shit projects. There's going to be rugs. But if there's good developers and we can identify them from some of the work that deployed, they, they should get, you know, some support and give them small amounts of Juno to continue them and, and incentivize and reward them to keep building. Uh, so for the wider ecosystem, I think Juno is important and everyone kind of shits on it. But take away Juno and then you take away this permissionless place for developers to launch on and you end up with like subpar products that are trying to, to launch on permissioned Cosmosm chains and they just get shut down by like grants projects or they don't quite fit the app chain, uh, the specific app chain um, vision. And they go, oh, well, where am I going to deploy my thing that I'm really invested in personally that I really like? Oh, there's no permissionless chain for me to do that on. All right, well, I'm going to go somewhere else that will let me do that. And is that like Solana or is that Polkadot or is it, you know, some Binance smart chain? Uh, we need that space and uh, chains like, you know, Osmosis and Stargaze, et cetera, who have very good vision. Uh, we need to like stop uh, this uh, rebuilding of infrastructure and focus on what our app chain is for, right? Like Stargaze in an example, it is the premier NFT chain in the ecosystem. Uh, Omniflix is c- coming for that title, I think, in terms of a, a, a digital media chain. Um, they've got quite a nice marketplace. There are amazing features on ETH that should be on Stargaze now. Right, they mm. shouldn't be rebuilding like Dow Dow. They shouldn't be rebuilding Osmosis as a Dex. We should be putting outposts on on Stargaze for both of those products, and Stargaze should be releasing NFT staking, NFT pools, improving their marketplace, and making it so it's the best NFT onboarding and user experience in the ecosystem. And then use other uh, chains products to enhance that. And like, focus on what you're really good at, well, that, and make it better. That's, that's the upchain thesis, right? Like you do, like as Stride would say, do one thing, do it well. Like you just you do like, and I think there is an entirely reasonable space that says you can have a permissionless chain. That oh, Joe's Joe's quit. He he Give hates the upchain thesis. He can't be doing with it. it. It's all that cooperation. He can't bear it. Um, but basically like my, my, my thing, when I see some of these, these things where it's like, Oh, we, we need one of what they've got. I'm kind of like, do we? Cause that's not the point. Uh, like, I, I think, think that- the problem is though, like IBC has just not been up to the, the task where we've had a version of interchain accounts. Okay. And it's just not usable with smart contracts. You literally cannot use it with smart contracts. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, there's, there's also other limitations on interchain accounts as well. You don't have callbacks, like, you know, and so 
while we've been talking this talk of interchain composability for a while, we've yet to see that happen in reality. And while a bunch of people have been working on things like interchain queries, there's like five different implementations. Which one is the canonical one, which is standardized? Look at a Neutron's version of ICA. They built it so that they have their own custom module and then no one else can really use it because they're they're building it so that they're the only ones that can like write these like interchain kind of smart contracts. Now, we've done the exact opposite. Anyone can use Polytone if they have Cosmwasm and there's no extra features required. You got Cosmwasm, you can use Polytone and you can do anything you can do on another chain. And that's how it should have been. And I think now that we are getting to the point where we have these tools, we can get more chains that are like Stride, that are more focused on doing one thing and then exposing that composability uh, in the interchain, you know? Um, yeah, and then, and then I think that like, how you choose to structure your kind of interchain security stuff, whether that is through like the linear kind of provider consumer model of, of ICS V1 or whether it ends up in, I almost don't see the point of two, like let's skip to three and mesh. Uh, like, you know, I can see both of those having practical uses and I can see ways that chains would want to have that kind of, political alignment with each other and i think like that's one of the things for me which is like if juno is going to be an incubator one of the really interesting things becomes like okay either you're incubating the dev talent so they learn a load of stuff and then they go and spin up a new project and it becomes its own standalone thing or they take their thing and it you know as the vision often was which is you have your dap and then it becomes its own sovereign chain whether there is any route in which juno can can earn back from that that's where it gets interesting. And that's where like something like a Atom Accelerator or Juno, for, like in our case, that's not how we work with the Accelerator. We, we're not taking equity in anything. So if they grow, that's just meant to grow the pie. There's no direct benefit, but then we're not anticipating people spinning out. Whereas I think for Juno, you probably want to be like, cool, we, like Juno should own a portion of your chain. Like the Juno community pool should be the owners of that. And you know, that, that kind of, you know, and I think that, that gives That's you the opportunity for it to kind of work. But, you know, this is why, you know, Mesh is so important to us and why I'm spending a significant amount of time on Mesh and why, why we have uh, some of our best people, including uh, like Zeke and uh, Joseph, who works on Swift Protocol. We have them contributing to Mesh because this is vital to make this whole work because that's another yeah. le lever that you can, due to foster economic alignment. And I think that, you know, another great thing about Mesh and why we want Cosmosm on the hub is we need to just do a better job of aligning the ecosystem as a whole yep. and kind of just restoring. The problem with like replicated security is that it actually is kind of anti-Cosmos in a sense that it gets away, from, it gets just back to the idea of another one chain to rule them all rather than this like initial like internet of blockchain kind of vision. Yeah, I, I, I disagree slightly. And also, and I, th I think that it works better for a chain. If you are spinning up a chain that doesn't have a token of its own. Well, I think you can also that, do that with Mesh, yeah. Of course you could do it with Mesh, but I think there is, there is. I can understand why if you're going for a tokenless chain, you might just and then think, you don't I have would to like, like, you know, subsidize your validators with the ICF and, you know, things like that. Well, well quite. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, Bendy, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I'm, I promise I'm not going to make this spicy. 
I mean, like, no, well, no, I think it should be spicy. I, I think, I mean, uh, but then, like, uh, the, the thing, but the thing is, is, I, I, oh, this is so frustrating because I can't say the thing that I want to say that I think you know that I'm not allowed to say. Thing. I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna say the thing either. And uh, yeah, but it's so this is really annoying. So, like, we're very much in agreement, but I will also disagree with Jake because I think that there is a space for that product. I don't think that everything should do it, and I don't think that, uh, and like, one of the things because my background is non-technical, I am, I am an arts student. I was. It's my thing about changing the language of how we refer to those arrangements because I think that it's is it is it about security? Is it bollocks? None of this is about security. This is about relationships. Oh no, I think uh, I think uh, if if we spent concerted effort on it, we could like take down Neutron and halt it on day one. I, I yeah, but because I, but economic I think, no, I think economic security is still important, but they're like security is super holistic, right? Okay. Yeah. What, what these things are really good though, good for, and I think maybe security is the wrong term, it's alignment between a com- communities. Like that economic alignment is almost, you know, we are, is that, to me, that's almost the more important element. It's like the partner chains, as, as you guys are calling now, what's, what's the benefit of that? The benefit of that is sort of the economic, you know, relationships that come with the, that. The way- Same thing with Mesh, where it's like, you're just building these like deeper ties between these like communities. Yeah, the way I kind of see it is uh, an example, and, and just tell me I'm completely wrong here, is uh, so a, a chain like Osmosis, right, uh, where they deploy very specific apps that enhance and, and improve the Osmosis chain. ICS or replicated security is the same thing for the hub, right? You've, you're deploying very speci- specific uh, cha- chains that use the economic security to both benefit uh, both chains, right? So Neutron is an example. It's going to be like the liquidity hub. Uh, you're going to have, you know, liquid staking. You're going to have like deep liquidity for Atom on Neutron, uh, with the intention of uh, massively increased kind of transaction volume, uh, which will then enhance the hub via transaction fees. Right, uh, uh, um, Stride going there as well. Uh, the same, the same thing. Uh, you know, I don't think DYDX is going to be a consumer chain, but if it was, like massive benefits for Atom because you've got all this huge amounts of liquidity and transaction volume. Uh, via leverage trades that benefits the hub, right? The intention is the same thing, right? You're deploying very specific uh, chains um, via replicated security to uh, to use the economic security of the hub, and then you're paying back via liquidity and transaction volume. I, I think there is and also I, a future model where they where that is effectively hor- how horizontal scaling works, where actually. Or like you go like if we take Osmosis, which has a, is an actual app chain and has an actual kind of utility in it, it's a DEX. If you just basically go, okay, there'd be a whole load of Osmosis DeFi primitives that are technically on different chains, but they talk to each other over IBC. They all use the same tokens and they all pay the same validator set, but they are different chains. That's horizontal scaling. So. That to me is why is a is why ICS v one has utility. It has you don't need it today because we're not doing the volume that we need, you know that, that would require that. But it gives us the ability to get there in the future. I think that then things like mesh is how you actually say that Osmosis has a, a actual relationship with. Uh, the Cosmos Hub, it has a relationship with Juno, it has a relationship with Stargaze, and that it starts to, to deepen and strengthen those. And I think that those are the, that, that really, I, uh, ICS v1, I think is a scaling solution. And I think mesh is a political economic alignment solution. And I don't think that either are a security solution. 
I remember the mesh thing. This is really interesting because at ETH Denver, when I was at the Shared Security Summit, the first time I met Jake, for instance, Sonny was doing a presentation on mesh. And as soon as you said the thing about the political alignment, I remember that first part of his presentation where he was talking about like the axes and how, you know, yeah, so th this is really, I'm sorry, if I'm just sitting here nodding, it's because I find all this very fascinating. Um, so, I mean, is that... Do you see a future in which both of them are going to happen where you're going to continue to get more people coming on in the consumer chains? to Yeah, in, 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 yeah give it six months. Okay. I, I think I, uh, I, I, I genuinely, I, I cannot foresee a world in which the hub is not both doing ICSV1, which it will be doing in a few days, uh, and Mesh. Like if, if, we, if that fails to happen, it is an absolute travesty of governance. I, I don't think that uh, I'm agreeing here, by the way, when I say I don't think um, ICS V1, uh, it, it's not going to scale. I don't think you can kind of do more than kind of five chains. The, the operational expenditure, both in resourcing, uh, manpower and dollars, it, 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 it can't scale. I don't think more than five at most, the very most. I tank, think that's why right? that's why I think it works it as a scale solution evolve. because you're already it, invested in a chain that wants to grow. I think that's when yeah. it could go to bigger, but yeah, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm not a validator, so I don't pretend to know the effort involved in in running, you know, multiple nodes and, and what that involves or entails in ICS. I have spoken to a number of validators who were in the test nets for ICS, uh, and they're saying that it's, you know, substantial amounts of effort to, to manage the nodes uh, and spinning up a new node for every chain um, at our current transaction volume for Atom is just not scalable. Um, financially for the bottom you know half bottom third definitely um, and if you have a dependency uh, or a requirement to run a node for a chain and if you don't run it you get slashed on atom it th that solution is bad for yeah so there's a lot of technical detail i'm not going to like you know, go down it too much and, and shit on the solution um because i, I think it's it's interesting um and it's the Game first of version of future technical detail we don't, exactly. We, we, do, we, do, we don't cover technical detail. We just we do spicy tapes. Um, so just just for Funky's benefit, um, essentially, when you spin up a new chain via replicated security, every validator in the set has to run that consumer chain. So we're going to have Neutron very soon. Stride will be next. Um, say I'm in the bottom five validators. I'm one of those bottom five. Uh, I'm already losing money by running Neutron. Like it's not net positive for me to, to validate that chain, but I have to do it. Um, Stride then comes along, and I say, Oop, "Go ahead, Bendy." You don't have to do it. They have the they have the soft opt out. So everyone is in the uh, Neutron implemented it on their side. Um, so basically, okay. everyone under a certain so this is kind of like version two percentage. Right? Yeah, because version two is utterly pointless. V version two allow so what V two is never a good idea. Um, but, but, but we have it because you've got a soft opt out. Well, it's but it, what it what the what the opt out basically says is it says we're not if you're below a certain rank of validator by voting power, you don't get slashed. So you don't have uh, to you don't get own. slashed, right? Okay, you don't get slashed, and you but you still get the rewards. So actually, so there are some like very at the moment and very that was minimal. neutron specific code that they put in ne because they're like hey, it's, okay. Why isn't this uh, like it's publicly like published yeah. and communicated? Because yeah. I haven't like seen people talk about it. Uh, it's on the forum, like yeah, I, I people, know people, about it. Yeah, and I'm but, a new. Yeah, okay, maybe it, I'm. I, I think I, 
I think it's not. I think I don't think it's well enough uh, as ever. Uh, it should be all the right? marketing like, that's people. A big all deal the like, people hey, in Cosmos aren't doing it. Aren't doing a good yeah. enough marketing job. That's uh, that's me, isn't it? Yep. It's yeah, my fault. No. Yep. Sort your shit out, mate. Um, I need to be yeah, sacked. So then, I when, be then when, anymore. say Stride comes along, uh, and then you know Stride doesn't implement. Uh, there you go. James only found out today. Nice. Um, so say Stride comes don't along. Read the fucking props. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I sold my Adam at $15, so uh, I'll buy it back in at $14.99 and uh, we'll go from there. Um, you, have you got your new ledger yet? My new ledger? No, I don't you have could, the new one yet. The uh, stacks. Because okay. I remembered you'd yeah. kind of got to a point where you'd have to unstake everything. Uh, no, no, I wasn't using a ledger. I am now. Yeah. So, that'll get there. Yeah. Um, uh, and I want to get the new stacks. Uh, anyway. So if you don't run Stride uh, or say you have downtime uh, on any of the consumer chains, uh, you actually get slashed on your Atom validator. So you lose Atoms and your delegators lose Atoms um, unless Stride implements the same thing, you know, no slashing. But without being slashed, then uh, there's no deterrent for bad actors. So it's almost, it's kind of dangerous in a sense being able to opt out because uh, for a small subset of validators, I'm sure it's fine, but the whole intention is that, you know, you, you need to do the right things on the consumer chains. And if you don't, then you get slashed on the provider chain. Um, the, uh, to, to run. Does, okay. No, I was gonna, how often does slashing actually happen? On the hub, very rarely. Because it's a very bad publicity. It's very bad publicity to get slashed on the biggest chain. Um, what, what, we did see it I with, mean, uh, what was the V8 upgrade? I think it was. There was a number that were very, very close to getting slashed. And I think a couple did. Um, it was yeah. it was very scary. It was a very, it was a very badly run upgrade, like uh, which me- was partly because there hadn't been an upgrade for a long time. I believe. A year and a half, I think it was. <laughs> uh, turns, out that, turns out that the hub hasn't been great at shipping. Uh, which may also be a reason why having uh, permissioned Cosmosm would be a good idea because then you can iterate things quicker. Who would have yeah, thought? Um, th- yeah, there, is a, there is a question here from Schultze uh, that I want to get to. Uh, what is Polytone or what's Polytone? Uh, I can probably explain oh. this. I, yeah, I, I, I would like to take this opportunity, Mr. Maximalist, okay? Um, the hosts are up the top, the guests are down the bottom, okay? Please. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so Polytone, imagine, uh, imagine just having the brass neck to tell Jake that he's not allowed to explain Polytone. <laughs> but hey, I mean, that's, that's only, how this show is ran. I, I learned, do that. I, I learned he might, he might do a better job than me, though. You know, yeah, maybe. And this is um, this Game of Thrones. I know how it works here. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, uh, Polytone is. Uh, my understanding is it's uh, it wraps interchain accounts and interchain queries uh, into a single Rama's variation um, into a single uh, kind of protocol, I guess you could call it, uh, where we can uh, deploy the contracts on either chain. So let's use Stargaze and Juno as this example. Uh, we deploy it on both sides, and what it enables both of those chains to do is any contract to contract. Uh, execution or query. So uh, an example could be uh, as a DAO on Juno, uh, I can purchase an NFT or list an NFT on the Stargaze marketplace. Um, we can do uh, another example is let's say the the Huahua chain because I like to trigger people. Uh, if we had Polytone deployed on both of those, um, uh, I could have a, a, a DAO on Juno um, and have my DAO 
interact with anything on Hua. So let's use the Raccoon team as an example. Uh, they've got a marketplace over on that chain, the Emporium marketplace. Uh, maybe they have a dev DAO on Juno. They set their um, their royalties uh, contract address to the interchain account of their DAO on Juno. And whenever someone makes a purchase of an NFT, the royalties uh, of that go to their Juno DAO treasury. And then they can just pull those tokens into their, like, uh, pull it across via interchain queries or interchain accounts into Juno. Um, you could do way more than that, right? You can have like contract to contract executions. So when someone you know does a swap on a DEX on Osmosis, um, you can execute a contract on Juno. Um, so really, really powerful stuff. Like if you start to think about like arbitrage bots and the opportunities that you can kind of have using interchain accounts and interchain queries cross chain with arbitrage bots, like the the Migaloo team. That, like they're going to be sitting there like absolutely licking their lips at this going, okay, like let's get this deployed ASAP. And then their arbitrage bot uh, that they use anytime there's a transaction across any of the chains that have Polytone, they can query those chains and then automatically like arbitrage uh, across multiple DEXs and have the, have the ARB of that swap go back into their whale stakers and distribute those rewards to their whale stakers as some examples. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's it, the reason for that is is interchain queries and interchain accounts. They're like uh, my understanding is they're two separate modules that use two different channels. By wrapping them up into one single protocol, you can now actually do like callbacks. You can do queries. You can do um, have interchain accounts across chain and have proper interoperability. Which is Jake, how, how would be. you how would you rate Rama's answer to explaining Polytime? Uh, I think it was mostly right. Um, I might have a few nitpicks, nitpicks, <laughs> but you know, um, like it's it's basically any account, not just smart contracts, but including smart contracts. Uh, that's a big improvement over interchain accounts, which only worked with, well, they didn't work with smart contracts, which is kind of a, a limiting factor. Um, but yeah, you mostly got it right. Um, it also is really just an implementation of like interchain accounts and interchain queries, like in Cosmosm. And it has like, I think a lot nicer of like an API. Um, it can actually uh, wrap those 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 modules when they're ready, but um, they're not quite ready yet. We don't have like a default interchain query module that's used by everyone. We don't have a real working version of interchain accounts with callbacks and smart contract support. And I'm not about to wait another six months before we can start actually developing real cross-chain protocols and real cross-chain smart contracts. Uh, the, the kinds of things that you can build with Polytone, um, and again, Polytone is not even Juno specific. Any Cosmosm chain can use this. So Neutron can use this, Osmosis can use this, Wawa can use this, uh, Composable Star can use this. That's another thing is like, the great thing about this is it is designed, so even if you don't use the Cosmos SDK, because uh, I'm, I'm a Cosmosm maximalist and Rust maximalist, not a Go or Cosmos SDK maximalist, though I still appreciate them, still appreciate them. Um, but, you know, we have a bunch of new people that are, are joining and like, you know, I think the future of IBC protocols is going to move a lot faster than what it's been moving up to this point. In many ways, I think it has to, or we are going to face competition from the outside ecosystem that are also com competing on the interoperability interchain narrative. But I, I'm really excited because you could actually literally with Polytone build like an interchain DeFi protocol, like a router, for example where uh, you got a DEX on Neutron, you got, you got Osmosis, you've got, you know, all the other, like Injective and all these other ones. 
you know, if they're con connected via Polytone, you could have a contract that has accounts on all these different chains. And using uh, price oracles, you could basically just like always route to the best price. So if the best price for swapping uh, to Adam is on Neutron, route there. If it's on Osmosis, route there. If it's on Injected, route there. If it's on imagine like, if there wind. was a, imagine if there was a wallet that allowed you to do swaps in the wallet uh, that would use such a protocol. Yeah, that exactly. That'd be really sick. You should fund that project. We uh, should. And, it and sounds also, like we should probably we should get Polytone like on on the hub because you know I think it'd be. Uh, really, if there was really if there was Cosmosm on the hub, then then that potentially could be a thing that could be deployed on the hub, Another, and then that would drive value yes. to Atom, and then that would be something that the Atom Accelerator should fund. What a fucking world! Now we're we're just yeah. taking an interesting uh, conversation. A, we're an hour and twelve minutes. Here's one question I want to Go on. Uh, is is Polytone a module? No, it's actually just a, a smart contract, a Cosmosm smart contract, and that's the great thing about this as well. Is that with interchain queries or interchain accounts, everyone has to do uh, like. A hard software upgrade. They have to like everyone's using slightly different versions of the Cosmos SDK, and so then they have to like figure that out. If they're on 45 and it only supports 47, they now have to upgrade their entire chain in order to use the right thing. This everyone just deploys the contracts. You could even be in Polkadot land on Composable, deploy these contracts, and you're in business. And that's I think the future of IBC protocols. They should be that simple. We should be able to roll them out quicker. And that's another reason why we have to get Cosmosm on the hub is because we don't want the, the hub to always be lagging behind. We don't always want to have to wait for a Go implementation because we know how much longer that takes. Like when there is a protocol that's ready, like for example, Interchain NFTs, I swear would have been ready like, like four or five months ago if it wasn't for waiting for like the Cosmos SDK implementation and the Cosmos SDK testing, I could have just NFT rolled it out. So th like, this is this is a really interesting conversation, and, but we are an hour and 14 minutes in and we haven't actually reached the first item on the spreadsheet. Um, classic so, game um, of nodes. Classic yeah. game of nodes. And so I just want to interrupt the interesting conversation to actually do drill tweet of the week because that's a, an integral feature that we can't avoid. Um, so, um, here it is. I remark, mummies are made out of diapers at the Egypt Museum. Some cops jump out a sarcophagus and begin humping me as I roll on the floor. There we go. Drill tweet of the week. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we, I'm so we, glad we interrupted. Yeah, I, 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 it was very yeah. important that the whole thing was stopped for that, because otherwise okay. what's the fucking point of Game of Nodes? Um, yeah, and, uh, a nice room reset. Um, and where do we go from here? Well, well, I, I just want to say this real quick. I, that was so enlightening for me because there's so much I still don't know. But for instance, the composable stuff with the bridge, they had to build this middle layer test net because they said some people aren't on like, and they were saying, he was saying like specific, this was from the composable team, Jafar. He was saying something like, oh, well, some chains are running for whatever four seven then they're just gonna four, wait five, four, four, eight, six, or four, seven, like yeah he just he's apparently is four eight the point at which everybody's gonna have cosmosm no no so four eight maybe, is just another cosmos maybe i can uh, break this down a little bit funky okay so that, I was there's multiple areas within uh cosmos so the main thing that everyone kind of uses is the sdk okay well let's take a step back everyone uses you know the bft mechanism tendermint out the door not no one really uses it anymore we now have comet bft uh, then we have the Cosmos SDK. Then we have IBC. Okay. Now there's two versions of IBC. Two. Uh, I believe now there's like a Rust version and a Go version. Okay. 
The SDK everyone uses, and there's multiple versions of that, that's generally upgraded and shipped via the hub, uh, the hub teams, essentially. Uh, I believe now it's mainly informal and binary who are building that. There's, you know, 43, uh, 45, 46, 47, 48. Uh, don't think anyone's using 46. Try to implement groups module. People are um, using 46, actually. Um, we are? There. Some are. And we're not using it, but uh, there Some are people. Are. Okay. I think some people are using 46. People should, complicated. People should let's let's not 46, actually. 47, 48. Uh, I believe with, uh, and then, so that's the kind of core stack. Then we have uh, Cosmwasm, which is uh, essentially uh, another module that you can chuck on, enables smart contracting, et cetera. A lot of chains are using Cosmwasm. The hub's not. Uh, with 48, uh, I'm not sure technically uh, what's involved there. Uh, I think it's mainly around the IBC stuff to enable the, um, the kind of dot integration, uh, but you have to be there. So uh, what we want to get to is, uh, and what Juno's focus is, is using a lot more of Cosmwasm and modules, uh, sorry, smart contracts in the core chain to enable faster development and iteration and relying less on the SDK because it can be very slow to develop for, for good reasons, right? Like it needs to be very secure, et cetera. But using, upgrading the SDK when you want to, but then having... Uh, CW modules, Cosmwasm modules, to use in things like core governance. So then you can iterate and build upon them and be uh, a lot faster in that development. And then other chains that use Cosmwasm may go down that path too, right? So say Juno develops an incredible kind of governance module um, with Cosmwasm, maybe Osmosis and Stargaze or Migaloo want to use that, and then they can just drop the XGov uh, module and not use it. Uh, and then chains that want to continue to use it can or they can take the Cosmwasm gov contracts and improve them, iterate on them, however suits their particular chain. Um, uh, and, and I think yeah, there's, there's also the different um, virtual machines, right? So, you know, if you want to have a EVM because you want to try and connect to Ethereum and you want to talk Solidity, then you can do that. Like so, the, the, But I think that this is the whole thing for me, which is, there is this kind of philosophical question of what makes a chain a Cosmos chain. And I think at one point, the answer probably was the Cosmos SDK. And I think the answer is very quickly becoming, and it probably already is, it's got IBC enabled. So Binance smart chain is not a Cosmos chain. Matic is not a Cosmos chain. Thorchain, not a, like, yeah, enable IBC, come join the Cosmos. That's when you'll be a Cosmos chain. Um, because that's when you can like, and then things like Polytone enable you to play. And that's when the whole world of interchain. And this is like, like, so the reason that I got into Cosmos was because I read when I, so like, I am a Johnny come lately, uh, know about Bitcoin for ages, never bothered, just thought it was basically going to be, you know, was criminals on the dark web and, and made a mistake. Um, and, then, you know, the last bull run, friends of mine were like, you know, this shit's kicking off. You need to actually pay attention. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's lasted long enough. It probably is legit. And then very quickly, I was like, I do not like this idea that something's going to win because nothing ever has in the history of like hum humanity. There isn't like things have standardized, but nothing has ever just been the one thing. Or if it was, it was briefly, and then it got replaced by the next one thing. 
So I looked at this and I was trying to, when I was trying to explain to my parents what on earth I was investing money in crypto for, I was like, this is the railway. This is actually what this is. And at the moment, people have their different stations that they've built. But what Cosmos is, is connectivity like the railway. If you can physically imagine that, it's going to connect all these different things and stuff's going to happen. And that's why I believe in Cosmos, because you can see these models of connectivity have worked over all of human history. And there is no reason to believe that wouldn't it work in an, over the internet in the same way as it worked in physical infrastructure. And so that, again, becomes why when people say... You know, we, we are meant to drive value to Atom. And it is very difficult because you have these things where you go, there's an intangible benefit to stronger, better, quicker trade routes. I cannot measure what the impact will be, but I know it is net positive. I do not know if it will make Atom the Bitcoin of the future or if Atom will just fade into oblivion. But it's sort of irrelevant because what we should all be trying to do is make that stronger, more connected cosmos. And that's when I kind of, you know, that's what I'm sort of in this for. You know, we say we're in it for the tech and like to an extent, or, you know, you're in it for the tech or you're in it for the money. Like, don't get me wrong. I like making some money. That's nice. But genuinely, this is exciting because I think it is the, it is the absolute future of where human interconnectivity is going. And that's and super I think the, the benefit for Adam, right, is, that I think a lot of people forget is like it all started from Adam. So, you know, when we talk about, oh, we need to drive value to Adam, you know, uh, Adam needs to do stuff. It's like at the end of the day, everything that we use at the moment, you know, SDK, IBC, et cetera, it all started with Adam. So um, it's the same thing with Bitcoin, right? Everyone's like, oh, you know, Adam's the, the Bitcoin of Cosmos. It's, yeah, it kind of is. Like, and, is, and yeah, that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have the name and it's always going to have value because everything originated from Adam. Right. Like at the end of the day, like you, what we're saying is uh, I think is right. Like IBC is the future. Like I don't care about Tendermint. I don't care about SDK. Uh, Cosmism, in a sense, I, I don't necessarily care about too much. Yeah, it's better than, you know, writing these core modules. We need to enable IBC across every crypto ecosystem and connect everyone. And then I don't care what you're using underneath it. There's going to be better versions of Tendermint. There's going to be better versions of the SDK. There's going to be better versions or different versions of Cosmism. We just need to connect everyone. And then what we can come back and drive value back to Adam and say, this all came from Adam and everyone will buy Adam because that's where the development came from and will come from. And it will always have value because of that. I think it's just like the internet. Internet is actually something where like a couple of one standards actually won out. But why did those standards win out? There were actually different people trying to make different internet protocols before that were proprietary because they were like, we want to be the one communications platform to rule them all. Uh, and those all failed in, in the face of TCP IP and of HTML because it, they were just free to build on. They were completely open. There wasn't a token or anything that like forced, you know, you into their terms of service or whatever. Um, and as we saw with the internet, yes, there's many websites, but, you know, there's still, it's all about network effects, right? Um, and, you know, I think that Adam's going to do well in the long run because it just has brand recognition and it will have network effects. And there's, there's advantages to also being early on these things because as the interchain grows and grows, yes, eventually it's going to add Ethereum. But like by the time that happens, there's already going to be substantial network effects and substantial like economic alliances. You know, by that time I think we'll have like really good mesh security. And 
uh, Adam will have economic, you know, I would love to have like a mesh security with, with the Cosmos hub for Juno. I think it just makes a ton of sense. And it's, I kind of almost wish we like launched with that instead of, you know, going down this replicated security detour, but you know, that's a, well, I, and, like, and I want to find a way to have Dow Dow on the hub, right? Like, because actually I had a sudden, I had a realization today where I was like, I'm not quite sure that Atom Accelerator DAO is a DAO. Like we are. It's not. But it's not. <laughs> it's a multi-sig. Like, it, that's the thing. It is a multi-sig. Like we, yeah, we, everyone, we, we, we another do thing what we, everyone shits on Juno for it, but we actually have probably have the best governance in crypto. I cannot, I can literally not name another crypto project where the core team and the foundation you, you, is a sub DAO and they can be rugged at any moment and the members can be replaced. And I just would love to think where we'd be with like AIB and all this shit. If like there were actually, there was actually accountability, you know? Oh, um, imagine, if you could, imagine if you could claw back all those atoms that were meant for original developers that are now owned by a private company. Um, you know, yep, exactly. or, or, or if you could, if you could claw back the atoms from the ICF because they're not doing a good enough job of, mm-hmm. uh, looking after the Cosmos SDK, you know, like people give a shit about their delegations. I don't give a fuck about that. I give a bit fuck about Dragonberry. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> that happened on your that happened on your watch and it's not in your transparency report like you that like the icf has got the ball yeah, yeah straight up right and uh and you know people were kind of arguing with like the token swap between juno and data uh i was heavily involved in those conversations and essentially you know juno helped build data data is a key element to the you know the future direction and vision of juno so juno got in my opinion an incredible deal uh, because, you know, we get 10% of the supply, they get, you know, half a million Juno. Sounds like a lot, but when Dada is deployed on, you know, or there's outposts on, you know, 10, 15 chains or, you know, there's 10 or 15 chains using Dada on Juno and bringing their liquidity to Juno, then all of a sudden now when people want features, they're going to have to go to the Dada team. This is my, my words, right, not Dada's. Um, and they go, like, hey, we want this feature. Okay, cool, um, here pay us some of your Atom tokens to get those features and then you can have it. Uh, which, and they're paying for the a, services. Which if I was a vo- voting member of the Atom Accelerator DAO, because my, like, to be super clear to the listeners, I literally do the marketing and the coordination stuff. I have zero actual, like, vote or voice. Uh, you know, the, the, the team are very respectful and listen to my opinions, but, like, actually they make all the calls, right? Yeah, um, you're not a signer. Be- that's not, it's not, yeah, it's entirely the point. So, but what I was going to say is that I would pay Dow Dow in a heartbeat for features that we need because we need them. They have huge value. It like to pay for development time plus profit. It's, it's a no brainer, right? So it is a, I mean, look at how much money was put into groups module as yeah. an example. Uh, it is multiple millions of dollars. I don't know. Someone would have to do the adding up of it, but, and it's also been like, three years or more effort like they've been talking about groups module for you know that came out of i think the same hackathon that cosmosm came out of and so it's literally been that long and there's been all this invested in it and i think groups it? don't actually hold funds if I, my memory is correct so like oh with data is so light years beyond the groups module by this point like it's just it's yeah like if we if you want to do things like approval flows or vetoes or things like that, that's all like possible. That's not possible with the group's module. But like you know, and I think this is 
like DaoDao is a very good example of a product that has really great product market fit, right? All these chains need to do governance. They need to do much more complex things. We need to be able to mimic things that people do in the in the Web2 world, in real life at the moment, in company structures, all of those things that we have to do in real life, we need to be able to do them on chain and we want to minimize trust and DowDow allows you to do that. You know, one of the, like, so there are some, we're, we're not there yet. I think identity still needs solving. I think privacy still needs solving. I think there's loads of this stuff, but DowDow is like, it gives Dao an Dao example of how you can do we're, something. We're, we're actually working with a uh, dev or Dave from Osmosis and uh, privacy, privacy features coming in DowDow V3, or at least we're going to start like designing them. So, um, and then as far as identity goes, we actually have that feature like almost shipped. Uh, this this is a very long, big challenge because identity is uh, it's tricky. Um, but we are working on um, uh, with like Synapse as a third party uh, to allow for basically just like proving that someone is an actual human being. Now we don't put that data on chain, so you can't look up like who that person is. But you know, there's like some you know third party record, so that if you need to do, you know, I think uh, one of the things that I'm excited about for the Internet of Blockchains is that it allows for diversity. And we are going to have both permissionless and permissioned chains. And even some of the permission chains, there's going to be a spectrum there. I, I seriously believe that there is going to be like local governments or countries or actual like big companies that use these chains for their books. And to, um, I mean, look at this path of the stablecoin legislation in America. We might have these kind of regulated sort of stable coins, which I, I don't think are like completely bad and you know maybe they're not completely good either but i think maybe on the whole they're like largely a little bit more positive but you know those are largely going to be like permissions chains kind of like what circle is doing right um and the great thing about the interchain is all this stuff can just exist seamlessly together and then you can get composability between all these things and the thing is is as a user you don't have to understand any of that eventually eventually you can get to a point where it's literally like using the internet is today but you get all of the actual like accountability of this being on chat.